Hello and welcome to a much happier Liverpool Way podcast. A much changed red side got back to winning ways as the holders beat Wolves 1-0 in the FA Cup third round replay and Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> My mum listens to this. I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. Sorry, go, go again, go again. <laughs> Good Lord. Harvey Alec. Harvey Elliott, captain man of the match display with a scorcher of a winning goal in a resolute, mature and composed performance that was a world away from what we saw at the weekend. Mature, that's uh, definitely absent on this podcast. Um, the smiles back on the manager's face and on the faces of many Reds tonight after a first win of 2023. I'm Chris Smith and to talk this one over I'm joined by Julian Richards and the absolute child that is TLW editor Dave Usher. Dave, I've got to say um, I absolutely loved that. Uh, we were solid, compact, defended really well. Everyone did their jobs, and the attitude was totally spot on. Um, it wasn't vintage cops Liverpool by any means, but in the current context, it feels like a huge win that's worth celebrating. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was exactly what we needed because we were never going to go there, and especially with the team we picked, we were not going to go there and roll them over with like fantastic football and you know that kind of thing. Klopp had more or less said. In his press conference the day before, um, I can't promise you that you know we're going to win and play brilliantly, but you will see. You know we'll be more like us. You know it'll be better, like the the pressing and organisation, all of that stuff. And I thought that side of it was brilliant. I thought like defensively, really, really good. I mean Keller had had what one save to make that straightforward header that bounced in front of him and he and he picked it up. Mm-hmm. Other than that. Virtually nothing. He tipped a free kick over the bar, but that was going over anyway. Um, yeah, when you consider like every time Allison plays, the poor bastard's got like three, four, <laughs> five times in the game where he's got like people just bearing down on goal and like no defenders in sight. Uh, so to see that tonight, um, yeah, I-, I thought like that's exactly what we needed. I uh, don't know how much we can take from it because most of these players are probably not going to be involved in in like the league games, although you can maybe make a strong case that maybe some of them should be now. Specifically, I'm thinking Bajetic showed more tonight than Fabinho has in, in like, well, since last season. Uh, I, I think he's got to be like a, a strong contender to play. I think you can quite easily make an argument for, for Naby to be playing over Hendo as well, mm-hmm. uh, based on, on like how he did tonight. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect by any means, but there was a lot to like about what he did. So th- th- those are the positives. I thought like Joe Gomez had a fantastic game. You know, I'm I'm the first one to call him out when he's making mistakes and stuff. Thought Joe Gomez superb tonight. Canate alongside him, rock solid. Uh, Milner was brilliant. Costas had some iffy moments, but you're gonna get that against the Dama Traore. You know, he can make you look bad. Just he's, he's gonna get past. He's gonna get crosses in. Difficult to stop that, but he stuck to his task. I thought overall. Did pretty well. And something that I really like tonight, you never see it from us. We don't do it and we often complain about it. We, you know, we're too nice. Tonight we weren't. We were committing little cynical fouls every time we lost the ball. We were stopping like those attacks at source. Loved that. Referee ably assisted us, to be fair. He was letting <laughs> stuff go. And yeah. then he booked Traore for absolutely yeah. fucking nothing. Because <laughs> like, the Wolves fans were up in arms anyway, weren't they? They, were all, they already had yeah. like a massive chip yeah, on yeah, the shoulder yeah. after the first game. And then Costas gets away with one, which really should have been booked early on. But it's early in the game. You get away with it. Uh, I think Thiago got away with one. There was a few where 
another referee on another day may have got his cards out. But Andre Manor wasn't doing that. And then Traore commits like an absolute nothing foul. And he booked him. <laughs> I was just laughing my head off at that point. It's like, fucking hell. Their fans are going to be going absolutely batshit mental over that. Um, but it was good to see us doing stuff like that. You know, even like, I mean, it was embarrassing. And I'm not condoning it, and it's not something I want to see, but I did have a little laugh, like, when, when Nabby just fucking went down, when the lad kicked him. Because he did kick mm-hmm. him. It, was like, it wasn't enough to knock him, knock him over or anything like that. But he did that. He went down, and what it did, it stopped the game. It caused, like, a bit of an interruption. And, you know, at one point, I think we took two minutes to take a frigging goal kick. Um, so, kind of things we never do. Well, you've got to do it in the situation that we're in. You've got to do these things to, to become difficult to play against. And I, th- I thought, like, tonight we were really difficult to play against in a lot of ways. Now, we can do better at times with the ball. Uh, I thought the first half we were pretty good. Second half, there was chances there for us to do more than we did. Final pass was lacking. And, but but the main thing was being solid, uh, compact, organised, and make it difficult, and we did all of that. So, you know, I don't think we could have expected any more from tonight. I was really pleased with it. Yeah. Jules, um, as Dave said, it, it was a little bit of a siege mentality tonight about about the team in terms of the way we set up and the way we approached the game, and um, certainly in our, in our tactics as well. Um, the manager said at the weekend that sort of what you do if the, if the players aren't carrying out what you tell them. But tonight I thought they really did carry out his instructions and they were quite different instructions to what we're used to seeing yeah they looked like they were coached tonight because that, that's been the knock over the last few games is that they don't look like they've been coached at all we had a week between the Brighton game and the previous game and we, we turned out that performance on Saturday um, and maybe just a change of personnel and fresh legs is the cause of it or maybe I it's so difficult to know because we look, we did look so badly coached that these, you know, all the players that played on Saturday were are seasoned, quality pros. They, they, there's no, they've no right really to turn in a performance like that. Not just losing three 0 but the the chaotic, uh, chaotic manner of it. Um, it was well drilled tonight. It, it, it felt to me if you if you're talking about the nature of the performance tonight, it felt like a bit uh, like a stem the bleeding performance. So yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I agree with Dave. I can't draw really any conclusions from that tonight. I don't draw any conclusions from it. But what I do, what I can draw from it is that in the you know pressure's been applied to the wound. There's been some dressing put on it, and it's no longer bleeding. Now you still, now the the patient still can't get up and do anything, but the the life's not draining out of out of them at the moment. So. It was important for that. You couldn't you, you couldn't follow up that Brighton game with anything other than probably the nature of tonight, right? Because we were never going to play a full team. But if we were, you're never going to go from losing three 0 at Brighton to just suddenly turning it on and playing fancy football and looking slick again. That that because that's it's, there's too many steps in between. You can't do it. So the only thing that you were hoping for tonight was a, a drilled, well coached. Um, gritty performance and then see what comes of it and we got all three of those tonight so mm-hmm. whether that's a change of personnel whether it's the younger legs in midfield I, I felt in the second half especially it last especially the last 20 minutes that we were probably a little too deep we were very compact Benitez style you know you can do the gesture with your hands if you want compact uh, but it, it did lead to we weren't getting up the field and we weren't very expansive getting out yeah. which led to a little bit more Wolves pressure 
albeit Wolves are worst scorers in the league, and you know it looks like it. They 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 they, they are summed up by Traore and like a player who's like lightning quick, got the strength, but just hasn't got any nous or end product to, to when it when it really counts, and that's really their problem tonight. Um, it's good to see like. It always it always gladdens my heart to see like Milner come back in and just give a a, a gritty old pro performance because he still got an enemy. So he, good, just, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and it, it's so it's it's so heartening to see because you know we can go on about like Thiago, he's twenty nine, he's dropped off a cliff. Well, you know, Milner's thirty seven and can still put in these performances. So the, I suppose it gives hope to Fabinho as long as he doesn't have like a big cooked dinner beforehand, he'll be okay. Um, I um. I, I looked at the like the starting three, and I didn't. They, typically, in years gone by, FA Cup games would be would be marked by a, a change team and the midfield and the defence. You'd go, yeah, it's, it's not great, but it's okay. And you'd look up front and you go, we're not going to score in a million years here. There's going to be no cohesion. They're not going to know who's who, where they're playing, and you, we're just not going to create any chances. And it wasn't quite like that tonight. Although it wasn't far off. It took a. It took a not a screamer, but it took a well, you know, a long distance shot from from <laughs> Elliot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, at this point, I think we maybe need to explain the intro for anyone who didn't watch the game, because yes. otherwise they're going to be thinking, "What the fuck's going on there?" And we Especially got people who, who live abroad as well. Yeah, and don't have yeah the, uh, people who didn't the watch BBC. the BBC feed. So yeah, uh, so, go, on, go on, Chris. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, sure. Well. I just I turned the BBC feed on about five minutes before the game, um, <clears throat> accessed it via the VPN. It's not very often I get to watch like the Reds on BBC, so I thought I'll do that. And then there's like there's these women's there's these women screaming sounds, and it's it's that viral clip of the um, like you know when somebody sends you a text message and it's a link and you click it and it's the the woman screaming making horrendously loud porn sounds, and the idea is to embarrass you. Well. If you didn't see the BBC footage tonight, <laughs> some nefarious individual had taped an old smartphone, or not even a smartphone, an old mobile phone to the back of their set and set that as the ringtone. And then they were like repeatedly calling it and it aired live on BBC One <laughs> at like 7.45 in the end. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the studio guests, Lineker and Paul Ince and Danny Murphy sort of handled it really, really well. Uh, Alan Shearer on the commentary accused Danny Murphy of being the culprit, which wouldn't surprise me really. I've always looked at Murphy and thought like he's perhaps a little bit of a sex case. <laughs> he just looks a bit dirty, doesn't he? I think. Yeah. And I've got nothing to back that up whatsoever. So sorry, Danny, but it's just it's just the way you look. Um, and and yeah, so that was it. That was why there was uh, a woman screaming in. Um, in the intro and if that's knackered your office if you listen to the podcast in your office or in the car with your family on the way to work tomorrow or whatever then uh, it's on me I'll take responsibility Chris is blameless he knew nothing about it yeah I did I knew well I did you did say in the group chat that you were going to do it and I then, said we I should do nice. it, but we should do it. You I'm totally good. like no sold it, so I thought yeah. oh, I'm just going to fucking do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, right. so where were we? Anyway, Harvey Elliott, Elliott scored a screamer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, will, that you mean, know that was it, 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 <clears throat> that we needed that type of goal to get to to, to get to break through because we weren't. We had that Curtis chance at the end, but we weren't creating a lot of clear cut chances, which I don't think you go into when you 
changed the team so much and the front three have never played together and I'm still still not sure it's very unfair on him because he's coming into a, a team that's like a you know a flaming mess at the moment but I'm still not sure what Gakpo is what his strengths are what he's bringing to the team right now um, and he had it tough. He was off too early, though, tonight. Jules. Come, it, yeah, I, it is just, too. It is too early. Rush into judgment. I don't think we have to make that assessment yet. I think. I think, we no, just... I think what all Jules is saying really is he's trying to get a handle on what type of player he is. Mm. Not. I don't know either. I've not seen no. anything to make me think. Okay, so that's a strength. You know, that's not something that I don't know. I'm not saying he hasn't got strengths. I'm just saying I don't know what they are. It's hard to recognise them at the moment. We've not really it? seen anything. He's, he's, play, like he's, he's played on the shit. left. He's, yeah. he's looked technically. Okay, you know, he's, he's decent touch. Proficient, but not spectacular. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see, like, you know, when we've got the full team out and then, you know, once he's got his feet under the table and then we'll maybe see more from him. But at the moment, I don't really know what his strengths are either, but that doesn't mean to say we're saying he's not going to. No, no. And the thing is, when that's he's. That's kind of when normal, though, isn't it? You know, that's. Yeah, that's but when the he's leading, when he's the central mm. player in a front three that's changed, it's a lot to ask and it's, it means you're probably not going to get a lot of goal scoring opportunities. Yeah. I think he I'm did all right. That. He wasn't wasn't yeah. bad by any means. He did okay. In, well, I think he did better than Salah did. Oh well, Salah, yeah. When, but I could have done Salah better than what Salah did. But Jesus. at that point, we were playing. We were. He was one up front on his own. So I think you know, you're asking you're asking him to do a lot there. But um, so yeah, in some you know, in summation of the performance of the changed team, it's what we needed. It stopped the bleeding, but it, I, I can't draw any conclusions from it right now. Mm. I'm happy to draw a few more conclusions than you. It, it, the, I can. One conclusion is that they definitely haven't given up on the manager, or they're not. They haven't stopped listening to the manager. We can say that for sure after tonight. I think. Um, I thought that was a ludicrous suggestion, anyway. But I think we can say, you know, like this wasn't the performance of a team who who isn't listening to what they're being told. Um, they carried out the instructions really well. Um, there were different instructions to what we're used to seeing. So, um, you know. That was a positive. Um, we saw a lot of uh, commitment and courage, I thought, as well. Um, that's that's another good sign. And another conclusion is that this is just, you know, a defeat tonight would have just made a bad situation even worse. As you say, Jules, we've stopped the bleeding. And we always had to have this little rung on the ladder. And I think we have, we've said this before the season, but Dave, I think we have given ourselves, like, a platform now from which we can, a more, a more sustainable platform from which we can climb because... Um, this is the type of performance that was necessary. Like we've seen us recover from some defeats at certain times this season, playing our way, um, but it hasn't necessarily been sustainable because the next game we can get picked apart and lose again. Like yeah. this was a sign to me that we we can and are capable of um, sort of swallowing our pride a little bit and and playing a little differently when the situation dictates, which is really encouraging to me because I was a little bit worried that. After, you know, after Brighton, you said it a lot on the pod afterwards and in your match report, it was kind of like, how many times are we just going to like try and do the same thing and just get punched in the face and played around every single time with that like super high press leaving everybody exposed? Like this was a sign to me that maybe the message got through. We were like, okay, so we, we actually do have to do something different now. And it was maybe a, an acknowledgement from the manager that things are going to change a little bit on that front rather yeah. than just some sort of tactical tweak which involves like pushing Thiago into the mm. into the ten or the double pivot or whatever. Like those are my conclusions anyway. Yeah, more so rather than changing formations and stuff, it's more changing approach and mentality. Like we did press tonight, but 
we did we also dropped off when we needed to. You know, there was times in the first half and I was like, look how good the press is. You know, we're like forcing them to kick the ball out. The goalkeeper shits himself and kicks it out for a corner because we were pressing. So we did do it at, at the right times. But obviously we can't do that for 90 minutes. And a, a lot of it, we, we sat off and said like, okay, try and play through us. And they couldn't. You know, we, we it was just really solid, organised, the, the kind of performance that we just haven't seen. Now, We've got to follow it up by being good against Chelsea. Not necessarily turning in like a fantastic display or anything like that, but don't be giving them easy chances the way we have been. You know, like just cut all that shit out and hopefully we'll do enough to take enough chances at the other end to win the game because Chelsea are no great shakes at the moment either. You know, they're maybe even worse than us. Um, They did win the last game now, so maybe they're recovering. We'll see. Uh, But I think we've just got to follow this up with another win at the weekend. And if we do that, first then, goal's crucial. Then. Yeah, it it is. It really is. I mean, like we get the first goal tonight. We have, our record's good when we score first. That's mm. the thing. We have got like a decent yeah. record when we score first. But that one time it happened. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, we won that. We won that game. That Man City game. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. then, and I think like we scored first after like eighty minutes or something. So we only had to hold on for ten. But no, we, we we are with decent front runners. But we've we've just been giving ourselves too much to do and just conceding so many stupid chances. Tonight was good because we didn't do that at all. There was like no silly mistakes, no no chances given away. Through, I don't, actually there was one, and ironically we ended up scoring from it. Was mm-hmm. uh, we gave Milner gave the ball away trying to play a through ball to Elliot, so we we committed people forward, and it was a really nice move, and Milner didn't play the pass like, quite right. It got intercepted, and it was like oh shit, you know we've so many. Whenever we give the ball away and we've got everyone flying forward, you know it's like it's a problem, and uh, they go right up the other end. And I think we blocked the shot, didn't we? Uh, someone got back, made yeah. a block. Ball hit, comes you, out. Hit Gomez's hand, didn't it? But it yeah. was it was close to his body, yeah. so it wasn't you know it wasn't a pen. Not not in a million years now. Uh, and then we go up the other end and we score. But that was the only time, and it wasn't even like it wasn't bad. You know, it's not like we were we made stupid mistake and and he got through. That that is going to happen from time to time. Uh, so I'm not not concerned by that at all. It was like it was a good attack and move. It broke down. After defend at the other end, defended it well, and then we broke the other way and we scored. And then after that, I don't think they had a sniff really. To be fair, um, on no, the goal, really. it's great goal by Harvey. It's absolutely horrendous goalkeeping. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. His position's terrible. He goes for it with the wrong hand, but Harvey sees his position. That's so like that. That just adds to how good a goal it was for me. He looks yeah. up and he can see where the keeper is, and he's probably thought, "Hang on, he's like seven yards off his line. I can just get this over him," because it's not like it's gone right in the postage stamp and it's unsavable. It's like, but he's just done enough to get it over the keeper uh, and score. But it's like it's bad goalkeeping, but it's it's great awareness and a great finish. And also worth mentioning that goal doesn't happen if Naby Keita doesn't make the forward run that he did because the centre half would have just come out and, and closed Harvey down and stopped the shot mm-hmm. but he couldn't because he had to go with Keita's run which allows Harvey to keep carrying the ball and then it opens up for the shot so um, credit to Keita for that but Keita did like lots of little things tonight nothing like massively eye-catching but like that's an example but there's other stuff as well where he's just getting a toe in and just nicking the ball away Um or like he's in his in in the right position in the box and like you know he's making an interception and stuff. He's just done like lots of good, simple like 
unfancy stuff, but it's effective and, and it helped the team. So yeah, he also did some hilarious stuff, like the shot <laughs> that that left foot <laughs> shot that he had um, was like brutal. Uh, and <clears throat> I think we maybe just need to say to him, look, same as Robbo, like look, you two just don't ever shoot. You know, you can do anything else, that's fine, but just don't. I don't want to see you shooting ever because there's just no point. Um, but like overall, good performance from him. I think he probably deserves to stay in the team. And it is a little bit baffling that he's not played more since, you know, because he's been fit for a good few weeks now and not played much, but he's looked better than some of the other midfielders when he has played. So I think he's probably yeah. done enough to earn a start at the weekend. But yeah, we'll see, I suppose. I think he look, he's, to me, Jules, he's looked like he's had a little bit more energy than some of the other lads, which isn't surprising considering like how little he's played. He's like mm. he's by far our midfielder with the least miles on the clock in terms of like his minutes and having missed, I think, like a third of games since he's been here. Um, but uh, I want to stick with Elliot for for a little while. Um, Dave mentioned the finish, outrageous, you know, great celebration, and it it wasn't just the winning goal. He was, I thought, he was excellent tonight and. Just really delivered for us um, in that in that right wing position, the right, the, sorry, the forward right wing position, and um, had a really good game. Knitted the play together really well. Um, never never stopped running for a single second. Put in quite a few tackles as well, and um, absolutely loved the the t- tackle close to the final whistle where he wins the throw in and uh, and has given it a big one to the away fans. And I thought the away fans were amazing tonight, by the way. But we'll we'll get onto that in a little while. Um, but in terms of Elliot, um, he's coming for a little bit of criticism recently, uh, probably since the turn of the new year, I think, like from being the golden boy that everyone had these high hopes for, <laughs> such as the fickle nature of football fans. Like, we, we lose some games and he's being singled out as a scapegoat and not being good enough and not physical enough. And you know, I've wondered that myself. But what did you make of his performance tonight and, um, you know, what it signifies going forward? Well, it's going to be a boring answer. So I agree with most of what you said about his performance tonight. It was very good. Um, I have been one of those who... I've criticised him in so much that I just think he was being played too much. Not that I don't think he's not talented or he hasn't got a future at the club. I do think he's got both of those. But I just think that in that in the moment, he was just, he was just he's played every game for Klopp, whether it's been as a sub. He's, he's always made an appearance this season. And I just think that was just that's just too much of an over-reliance for him. I think he, need, I think he needed that break. But maybe he didn't because um, maybe he just needed a clearer picture of what he was doing or a more disciplined role in the team. It's it's so difficult to know like what's asked of him and then if he's carrying out or it must be carrying out to some degree. He wouldn't be playing all the time, you know. Where it's like if if you're not good in training, you're not carrying out the instructions, you're getting dropped. That's that's why half the team didn't play tonight. One of the reasons why not, they didn't play. Um, you know, as for his future, I suppose <coughs> he's not going to go. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's, but he's like like uh, Gakpo. Um, he's in a misfiring team. He's still a young player. He's he's in a misfiring team, and it is easy to scapegoat. And again, I I I wasn't saying I wasn't scapegoating. I'm saying I you know get him out. He's shite. I just thought I I just thought he was getting a bit turned around. He he was like, you know, getting like getting knocked off his stride one way then the other, and he, he didn't know which way he was going and. Whether he he wasn't creating much, he wasn't scoring much, and he was, he was just a bit all over the place, and just a bit of a timeout would have done him the world of good. But he did, he did. Um, I don't think he was man of the match tonight, to be honest. Uh, but obviously the goal, the, you know what it's like with with man of the match. You get that when you if you've scored the winning goal. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do think that he. I don't know whether it's like even playing on the right hand side with someone like Milner. 
able to talk him through things a bit more. I, you know, I, I just don't know why suddenly he was a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more everything. He was back to the sort of the player that we we want to see him become tonight. I'm not. I wish I could put my finger on why on why that is. Uh, Do you think it's because he's playing further up the field and what what is deemed to be more of his natural natural position than that right sided midfielder? It's, it's possible. Role it's also it's possible. It's also possible that because Trent's not on that right side, so Milner's not a, is an attacking right back, but he's he's got to he's got to, he can't go as far up the field because he can't get back as quick. It might be that there's less defensive work for him to do on that side as well, not cover because it, it's not Trent he's covering, so he is further up because of that. Um, it, it's. I, w- I wish I had the answer. I don't. I don't have the answer. Uh, unfortunately. Dave, do you want to weigh in? Um, <clears throat> I don't think it changes anything about what I think of Harvey because I've said all along. I think he's like a massive talent, really good player. Just he's not not particularly physical and he's not quick. I don't see him in the front three like full time because he just he hasn't got the pace. Um, yeah, he's got tons of ability, but it's it's just a case of. Where where are you going to play him? Same with with Carvalho. You know we we say it all the time. Like really talented young kids, lots to offer. Where do you play them? Where where do they? If you like picture in your head the system that we play. You know the four three three. What's been so successful and the type of player you have in each position. Like he doesn't fit any of those positions. Now that's not to say that like he's not going to become a regular, but it just means we'll have to redefine. The, a specific role in the team because he's not going to do what, like, say, Henderson or Wijnaldum did playing in midfield. He's a totally different type of player, but you can't play him in Mo's position because he, he hasn't got any, you know, any real speed at all. So you're going to have to like redefine a role in the team, and you hope that like the talent that he's got o- over overcomes any any weaknesses like that he's got physically, and I think in time it will. Over a period of time, but as Jill said, he's he's played more than he probably ideally you'd want him to play. Uh, but that's because the failings of others really are like injuries mm-hmm. as well. To be fair, you know, it's a combination of things. But if we had like a a functioning midfield of like experienced players, Harvey's not going to be playing the minutes that he's played. But um, yeah, he was brilliant tonight. I thought I'd, I'd agree that he probably wasn't man of the match because I think there was others who were better. But that's not a case of saying he wasn't that good. He was. He was really good. You know, everything he did had like a little bit of class about it. He was tenacious as well. He put tackles in. You could see how much it meant to him. Um, outstanding performance. But I mean, you're not going to play him right wing against Chelsea, are you? You know, Mo's yeah. always going to play in that position. So. What do you do with Harvey? Do you, do you drop him back into midfield? In which case, then you're running the risk of maybe losing a bit of control in the midfield when you haven't got the ball. So it is—it's a little bit of a dilemma. And I think at the moment, I see him as like a sub that you can bring on, in, depending on what what the circumstances are. I think like he's he's useful to be coming off the bench, but as for starting, I think we've got to be just a little bit more circumspect. You know, a little bit more defensive minded with the midfielders because we're just getting overran too much too often so do you think there's an argument that we can play him as sort of like Mo's backup or if we move Mo into the centre sort of like bringing him on as a substitute when defences are a little bit tired and, and his absence of true pace isn't so I think that's pronounced. Bendo I think that oh, I think yeah, already probably. I think already that's Bendo 
Let's talk about him then, because he was brilliant when he came on too. He was. Really composed and mature and used the ball. I don't think he put a foot wrong. Mm. He just did he just did everything that you wanted from him. He does things you're not expecting him to do. You know, you think oh he's just gonna play that back to Joe Gomez now. And he, and he doesn't. Like he just cuts in field and you're like, Oh, okay, didn't see that coming. Just absolutely fearless and utterly confident in his own ability. Um I think he's he's brilliant and he's just going to keep getting better. And the fact he's getting the minutes that he's getting tells you a lot because he's been getting on ahead of Carvalho, which a couple of months ago, could you imagine that? You know, he's like, mm-hmm. Carvalho, we paid like decent money. He's like highly rated. He started well. He was scoring goals. He's experienced for a, for a kid. He's got two years in the championship. And now you've got this kid who's like, He's he was he went from like the youth team. He totally skipped like the under twenty ones. He just went from the eighteen straight into the first team setup. And you look at what he's doing, and it's like he's Mo's backup now. I think you know because he's he's natural for that side. We've spoke before about like a lot of the forwards we've got maybe prefer either playing centrally or or from the left. You know like Jota, Darwin, Gakpo. They're all like you you see them in your head. You picture them like maybe cutting in from the left onto the right foot and that. We've not really got any natural like replacement for Mo. I know Jota's played there occasionally and done okay but never looked as good as he does in other positions. Uh, I think Darwin could probably do it. You know, he's had little flashes where he's gone over to the right wing, got to the line, whipped in across. So I think that's something like you you could maybe do. But I just think this kid, like, he just looks like he's gonna develop so quickly that probably within twelve months he's gonna be getting like decent time as Mo's back up. You know, and, and Mo probably will go into the centre a bit more, especially like. You know, when we're defending a lead away from home and that, we've we've done that in the past where we move motor centre forward like for the last 20 minutes or something because you're getting space in behind and, and, and you, you'd rather have that than, like, say, Bobby, for example, who's not going to be running in behind as much. So I do think that Ben Doak's probably going to be that, that role that you're saying maybe Harvey could have. I don't think Harvey's going to have that because uh, he hasn't got the speed for it. Yeah. I mean... It- it's it's quite exciting, really, though, isn't it? If you consider some of the the youth that we did have on the pitch tonight, it was Bajetic. a really good yeah, it was a really good night for him as well. Jules, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, so I thought he was the the man of the match. I agree. Or Tiago. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you could give it Tiago, but if you if I'm if it's coming to a split decision, I'm gonna yeah, I'd give it to Bajetic yeah, just because same. of his his age and inexperience. Um, it's crazy because. <clears throat> But the main thing he brought was he could run. <laughs> like he, everything else, forget everything else that he did well tonight. The main thing you thought was oh, he could actually run. He's like, he's zipping about the place. So, and he's got all, he's got, he's shown all the other attributes on top of that. that yeah, that's fine, but he can actually run. I've, I'm like, I'm all for people who can actually run distances at speed on midfield at the moment. So it makes me think like, he, he, he had a bit of cramp, although I'm not sure if that was gamesmanship at the end there. But um, it makes me think, would, would I play him against Chelsea on, on Saturday? Is that now? Is that like just recency bias and a little bit of you know giddiness at the performance? I think I would. Yeah. Or do I want to see the same lumber in midfield looking like, you know, 1970s Cybermen wandering around the midfield? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, it was really positive performance from him. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go a cliche joke to watch and all that stuff, but just genuinely refreshing to see like the youthful enthusiasm coupled with the skill level and and, and the the actual ability to run. 
um, and he set the tempo set, and set the along with Thiago set the standard in midfield. That's what the midfield needs to be. That's what it. That's what's been lacking, and that's what it needs to be. Couldn't fault him tonight. He's got some shades of Thiago about him, really, as well. You know, like the socks yeah. rolled down as well. But it's the little. The little dink around the corner when he's not even looking, you know, he seems to have eyes. Well, in the, back the of bravery his head. and the bravery as well. And yeah, like the positions some of those he's passes. doing that in the little yeah. dinks around the corner. It's like just twenty-five yards from goal. Ball comes into his feet, and you're like, "What's he going to do now?" And he just flicks it around someone, and it goes to one of our players. You're like, "I'll you never know, I don't even see that." I, I'm sure you feel the same. I'll never have a, I'll never have a proper play. I don't, you know, I'm passing stats and all that. I'll never have a proper player who's lo- losing the ball. If they like Henderson used to get it a lot, like oh, he loses the ball, but they would be when Henderson's like trying like a an outside of the football down the line, trying to you know behind the defense. It wouldn't be like he wasn't losing it up until this season. He wasn't losing it on ten yard passes. Mm. He was trying something, and I've got no problem with players trying something. It might not come off, but at least you're trying it, and you can see at least as, as long as you can see what they were thinking, you can see the train of thought, you can see what's... You go, oh, yeah, I don't mind you trying that. I don't mind you having a go. We need that invention. We need that bravery on the ball because it's been lacking. It was played too safely and then it wasn't even played well when it was played played safely. So I, if he started on Saturday, I wouldn't be upset. No. See, I also think with them tonight, the three of them worked well as a unit. You know, They were never too far apart. We were, all, we were very compact yeah. in the middle of the pitch. There wasn't spaces mm. everywhere. And I'd probably go with the same three at the weekend. Well, that comes back to what Chris said about Cater, right? Because he's, he's, you know, the freshest because he's never been available. So he's got those legs at the moment as well. And he's got that ability, which he's always had, you know, to to nick the ball away and just put a foot in here and do all that kind of stuff. Of course, the problem is, is that we'll all wake up tomorrow and then tomorrow afternoon training pitch. He's not on the training photos. Cater won't won't be there. That's the problem with him. Like, you know... He's never gonna. He's never gonna get a run. He will be injured. I would say before the end of February, easily. Mm. So you might as well play the same three. You might as well make. This is this is why again going back to your point about him not playing. Uh, sorry, Chris's point is that it's. Uh, why would you not use him? Why you've got him? Because at some point he'll be injured again. You won't have any choice to you not not to use him. Mm. So you might as well use him as soon as you get him available because. He's gonna vanish again at some point. The other can say yeah, a lot of his injuries come in training is, as well, don't they? Well, he, Sorry, Thiago's yeah. got to be in the red zone, hasn't he? He's playing yeah. every game. Thiago, mm. I think they might need to look at that. And, well, know, the Chelsea game, there's not a game midweek next week, is yeah, there? Yeah, so I'd play him in that. But if there was a midweek game, I would definitely be sitting Thiago for that. I, I think 60 minutes against Chelsea for Thiago, mm. and then off. I think yeah, is, what, is what you can hope for. On the last half an hour, I think. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I think I think that's what's going to be. Or, or even even you know Curtis, who, who finally made the reappearance uh, tonight as well. Yeah, he looked quite sharp um, as well. He did, yeah. But again, the, the you know we talk, we're going over all ground here. But the problem with some of these players is an ability. There isn't even application; it's availability. Mm. Three A's there, like Kurt Angle. Yeah. If you put avail in front of ability, you get availability. <laughs> um, it wasn't supposed to be a joke it's just an observation yeah. I'm glad it wasn't supposed to be a joke cause it wasn't Dave funny. get the porn noise back on <laughs> absolutely no beds don't know why I um, but like I think I guess the key to whether Besetic starts again or that same th- midfield three starts again Dave is, is whether we approach the game in the same way as we did tonight like do you 
think that we should approach the Chelsea game as we have um, tonight, sort of try to make ourselves compact and, and yeah. difficult to beat and, and, you know, just sort of sit in a little bit and not commit too many men forward in the press and and just try and... Because that's kind of what we did against City, wasn't it, when we beat them earlier in the season? and We just played on the break well. that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean... I wouldn't give Chelsea want, the but... same respect as City, but I, I do think like we've got to pick and choose when we, we go with the press and that. And especially because we're going to have the crowd as well. So if you pick your moments... And you have like a successful press, and like the crowd gets on, you know, up for it, and that you can have those like, you know, 15, 20 minute spells, and like hopefully that's when you do enough to get the game won. But we're not going to mm-hmm. do it for the whole game. So seeing the way we did that tonight, where we were able to sit off a bit and just, you know, close down spaces and 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 shut them down, I want to see us doing that again. The difference at the weekend, though, like if you're playing like this same midfield, what the difference will be. Hopefully, and I'm saying like you'll have Darwin up top as well. So you'll have Darwin, Mo, and probably Gakpo again. Uh, so you've just got that bit of extra firepower up there, which will help the midfield. And then you've also got like the crowd as well. So um, yeah, I'd go with the same midfield. But I mean, who knows? He, he may well just bring back Hendo and Fabinho. I hope not because. How many chances are we going to give like that that unit now? It was our best midfield last season. You know that was our best three. Whenever that three was on the pitch, our record was incredible. But this season, it, it's another season. It's it's not the same right now. Uh, so I like what I've seen tonight, and I think I'd like to see it again, like with those players. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Jules, I'm going to throw like a little bit of a curveball in here um, tonight. We've seen a couple of good right back performances tonight from Milner, and I thought Gomez was equally as good when he was moved out to right back. We've talked on the pod before about how we um, we don't mind him as much at right back as as we do a centre half. I I think like his attacking at the his defending at the back post is is far superior to Trent's. Perhaps if his one on one defending isn't, um, you know, noticeably better. But um, would you be happy to to see Gomez play at right back or Milner play? Probably not Milner after tonight. But would you be happy to see Gomez play at right back on um, Saturday against Chelsea? No. 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 And, no. And on top of that, like. I think if it was ever going to happen, and I don't think it is ever going to happen, but if there was ever a time to experiment with the Trent in midfield thing that people have talked about, but it's never even been sampled a single time, apart from that time Southgate did it, mm-hmm. um, would it would it be now when we need the the midfield refreshing a little bit, perhaps? No, because that goes that that strikes me as my my favourite callback, which is the uh, Markovic at wing back. Thing. It's it's not that's I don't think that's the solution. That worked um, for a couple of games. For a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. He hit the bar at Sunderland. I remember that. <laughs> Volley at the bar, 
and, it, and we were like, oh, yeah, you might be onto something here. I think we had Sterling centre forward as yeah. well in that system, didn't we? Yeah, were we onto something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, it, 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 those kind of moves, whilst I, I, I don't... I don't subscribe to the Trenton midfield thing anymore. Um, if he if he was going to go there, he'd have gone there by now. Maybe maybe when he's thirty odd and he's he's like at John Barnes age or level, he might he might drop into midfield. But no, I Gerard don't think in so. the quarterback role. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll do that. Uh, good shout, yeah. But I don't I don't know. I I just think it limits us creativity uh, creatively a lot. And right now, we're not very creative. Um, so. I, I don't think we can we can afford to really stymie that any more than we already are, to be honest with you. I don't mind. You're right. I don't mind Gomez a right back. I think he's a solid alternative. But again, I I, I would be. I, I've already said that the first goal is crucial. First goal is crucial in our games. We need to score first, and then we can maybe look at altering the team. And I would be looking again at starting Trent and hopefully getting that some goals, a goal. And then maybe second half, if we if we're hunkering down, getting them off and bringing Gomez on, yeah. that that would be my strategy. Same. But I don't, th- is- I don't, th- I don't think we can put him in midfield. That it's not what I want to see. I'm just gonna just gonna continue this. This is not necessarily how I how I feel, but I just feel like it should be explored. Like if we're not going to um, play against Chelsea on Saturday with the swashbuckling style where the fullbacks are pushed really high up and we do sit a little deeper, perhaps you know we're not. We wouldn't be missing that much creatively going forward if Gomez started at right back ahead of Trent, and then you did try Trent in midfield. Like, is there an argument to if it was an away to, game? To maybe you, give, you give might, it a shot. You, you might make an argument. I just think at Anfield we wouldn't do that. We'd be more the long balls as well, forth. though. The, pa- the the long range passing from Trent, even if he's deeper, you still got that chance to release. If if Nunez is playing or, or you know Salah getting getting the, yeah. the the quality of ball, you know you've seen what he can do that 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 ball um, a couple of weeks ago for uh, was it was that a wall was that the um, what game was that, that was the, the first, uh, yeah that was the, the first game against Wolves yeah yeah hitting stride and just like a tremendous finish there's no there's no way I want uh, I, I want to limit that and again if we are playing deeper a little bit more con- compact then there's a good chance we'll need that more than rather mm. than less. So again, no. I don't think there's any reason me. why he couldn't do that from Harvey's position, though, or Hendo's position. That sort of like tucked in right-sided midfielder, but it's more it's space. Anyway, right it's not going to happen, is it? But also on that point, though, Chris, I think Trent has helped a lot when Canate's there because Canate will just shut down that whole side of the field, mm-hmm. and it takes away a lot of like the the responsibilities for Trent. Um, so. You know, if Canate's playing right-sided centre-back, no problems at all. I'm not worried about Trent defensively in that situation. Um, he's not going to get exposed as much. But um, whether Canate will play right-side or whether he'll play left-side because Virgil's out, I, d- I don't know. That changes things slightly if he's playing left-sided. But uh, it's not a game where I, w- I, would, I would be thinking about not playing Trent at right-back. But on the midfield thing... If there's ever a time to do that, it would be in a cup game. That would it would make sense if you wanted to have a look at it. Like tonight would have been a chance to to have a look at that if we wanted to do it. We've chosen to rest him, which is fine because you know he's he's not going to play every game. So if you've got a chance to let him get his feet up, then take it. Uh, if you were going to do it, then that the next cup match, Brighton, maybe you'd look at that. But I'd, as you said, I don't think it's going to happen. If it was going to happen, they would have done it by now, um, and. On Gomez, I thought 
that header went well. He did enough. He got in. Um, Jimenez like got up for that header, and Gomez got up and and like it deflected off him and went over the bar. I feel as though if that's Trent in that position, it's a goal. Not really that as a, as a criticism of Trent. You know, he's not he's not big enough to be. That's even if he actually makes the challenge. Sometimes he just stands and watches and lets like you know it, someone get in between him and and the the centre back. Joe Gomez did everything that he should be doing in that situation, and it prevented the goal. So that that is an area where he's definitely better than Trent, but there's not too many other areas where he is. So I think mm-hmm. he just got to accept that certain things might happen when Trent's playing there because he's given you so much else, you know, when he's got the ball. So uh, yeah, I think Trent will be a key player for us because those with Darwin with the speed, you know, you need to release him. You've got to get that. That, like early pass when he can get, stretch his legs and get running and Trent's the best we've got to play in those passes yeah. okay good stuff well just exploring it anyway not necessarily a view that I'm subscribed to but you need to explore it when Paul's on because Paul will like talk for half an hour about that <laughs> <laughs> he's never right. let that go the whole Trent and midfield thing I can hear his teeth grinding now <laughs> he's like I'll itching to note. say something <laughs> um, so do we want to is there something other stuff that we want to touch on from um the game tonight. I mean, I thought it was interesting, Jules, that you saw us in a four-five-one tonight, which is something that we haven't seen very often. Um, just like the midfield, really sort of like tucked in and compact and everything, and it just felt like we were we would say like no, like we're not conceding here, like we're not taking any chances. This is something where we've just got to like one hundred percent just get over the line and not fuck anything up. Yeah, it's. Um... It's like a mark. It's like a mark of the fragile confidence, isn't it, that needs rebuilding, and it, it will do whatever it takes to sort of rebuild the confidence, um, even if it means four, uh, five, four, one, and like pinging long balls up that are not sticking because Salah's not tall enough to win headers or whatever. Um, it it is unusual to see, and I, I don't think it's something we'll see very often. I think it's just a necessary evil where we sort of again. St- stem the bleeding, steady the ship, whatever other sort of analogy you, you want to, or idiom you want to use. Um, I, I just, uh, <clears throat> it, it does feel a little bit like a throwback, you know, to days gone by where you'd go away in a cup tie and have to play 5-4-1 because we weren't capable of doing anything else. But yeah, I, I I don't think we'll see much of it to be honest. It's um it was just one, it's just one of those weird things. The lot it all it did was make the last twenty minutes quite uh, not unbearable, but uh, it was a tough watch as we can see we readily conceded more possession and then unreadily conceded possession and again it, we're we're lucky in a way the wolves aren't very competent going forward because we were the ball was just coming straight back all the time. I quite enjoyed that last twenty minutes. It was Not it was good seeing us like um, I liked it. You know, uh, you know, oh. as assured and competent as we were in those situations. And if I could uh, use a know. Triple H gif now, I would. That's no. <laughs> well, I never looked like we were going to concede, though. No, I, I never think yeah, well, that's, that's down to Wolves' incompetence. Well, or the Wolves' the, incompetence. They scored two at Anfield. Well, they scored three at Anfield. Only two of them counted. So you can say, yeah, but they, that they was score I think. Goals, but. But that was like a tilt a world game for us. We were like, we just come off the waltzes there. Like we, we, we are, you know, like much like Brighton, the confidence was shot. And it, we, we just like in, hit one way, then the other, like swing ball, like in other, other games, fairground games. Like I just think that was, a, that was, <clears throat> that was game management, I think more than 
Wolves being like are suddenly good at going forward. Which is why think, it's good that tonight. We, no, but we I think game, but, but I think we game. I think game management was all ninety minutes, to be honest. And I just think at five, the five four one at the end, I don't think was necessarily the best game management because we couldn't get out as well. But you know, we won the game, and uh, I'm not a football manager, so what do I know? But I, it didn't feel right to me. But again, you do what you have to do to rebuild the confidence, keep a clean sheet, and all that. You know, just it's a fragile thing, confidence in any sport. And it takes a while to 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 get it back uh, and going again. Mm-hmm. I think we will take some confidence from that, Dave. There'll be some there'll be some happier, smileier faces in training tomorrow going into the weekend. I think they've they while they won't have necessarily exercised the ghosts of Brighton, we'll get a chance to do that in a couple of weeks. Which um, <laughs> you know that's going to be an interesting one for sure. But I do think. Just, just getting that win and proving to themselves that they can, that they can be strong. They can, they can stand up to pressure. They can go uh, away, a hostile crowd, and like, and win the game, and and not look too flustered in doing so. I just think it, it's, it's a nice thing for them over the next couple of days, and hopefully, it puts us in some better stead heading into the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I um, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Well, let me just jump in and say, can a crowd be considered hostile when they sing Hi Ho, Wolverhampton? Mm. See, I've got a soft spot for that song. Cause, um... oh. And Villa sing it as well, the losers. Yeah. I associate it with Wolves, and whenever I hear Villa singing it, I think, you fucking dickheads. That's Wolves' song. Why are you singing that? Now, it may well be Villa sung it first, and I'm being harsh. I don't know. but Well, whoever sang it first, the other ones want to get want to get over it and change song. It's yeah, awful. It's not acceptable. It, it's nah. really not acceptable. Jeff Beck the real. was. I quite the real like it. I, I um, I got really fond memories of that song because <laughs> they're like the little group of the little group of scows in my little country village in Tropshire. Their little motto was like "Hi Ho Pontus Briagro," and they'd oh, go around no. like singing "Hi Ho Pontus Briagro," and there'd be like sixties and seventies dances in the village. And everybody would like get on it. That song would come on, and everybody just gets on each other's shoulders and like runs around the place. I just got really fond memories of being like sixteen and seventeen and being at those dances and seeing all these lads who are a bit older than me like getting up on each other's shoulders and having a laugh. And um, I was in the pub at Christmas with um, with Megan and, and a couple of friends, and um, I put it on the jukebox because a couple of those lads were, were in there, and sure enough, they were. <laughs> They were absolutely loving it, like it was fucking 2002 or something. So in light of that and Jeff Beck's recent passing, the legend that he is, I'm not too upset by anybody giving it a bit of hi-ho silver lining, or in this case, hi-ho Wolverhampton. Um, what about the blackouts so, at the start as well? That's oh, what that you get like, for having light shows. Do you know what, though? When that <clears throat> happened, the only thing I could think of, I was like, oh, please let the VAR be fucked. Right, and it, <laughs> it was. was as well. And I was like, oh, no, please let there be a really contentious decision go against Wolves and there's no VAR again. Do you know, that, do you know I, I just think that would have been the funniest thing ever. Do you know what I thought you were going to say then? I thought you were going to say, it went off, and I was thinking, please, please, please let The Undertaker show up in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> oh, no, the porn noises are blasting over the speakers <laughs> in the stadium. Imagine it, like, blasting over the stadium speakers. <laughs> Goodness me. What a night. Okay, um, so we've we've looked at Chelsea in, in quite a lot of detail already. Like, Dave, you seem to think that 
that Darwin is going to be ready. And I know there was, I can't remember whether there was a tweet from Neil Jones as we were preparing to yeah, go on in. Was, yeah, yeah. That says he's back in training tomorrow, is it? Either tomorrow or Thursday, and he's in okay. contention for Saturday, they said. Good. That'll be, that's a nice bonus. And we yeah. had, we've had some sort of decent enough fitness news today. Um, there's the end in sight. Perhaps for Jota, Klopp says he looks really good. Um, we saw a training video, a little montage from Luis Diaz that suggests he's back to put in, at least putting weight on it and uh, lifting weights with it and stuff with his knee. So, um, yeah, you know, it's good to see those guys aren't just completely absent from, um, you know, the training ground or just doing basic rehab work and hopefully we'll have them back soon. Uh, Darwin could be back for the weekend, but do you think... They, they'd risk starting him? It depends what the injury was, because they didn't say. It was like unspecified mm-hmm. injury. So unless I've missed it, they've never really said what was actually wrong with him. So, you know, if it's hamstring, then maybe you're a bit careful. But, you know, if it was a knock to the knee or something like that, if it was a knock rather than, like, a, a pull, then, yeah, you could probably <clears throat> probably just bring him straight back in. But, yeah, I suppose it just depends on what that was and how he's looked, looked in training. But I'm desperate for him to start. I just... Mm-hmm. It's not the same when he's not playing. It's just not as much fun to watch, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, we've done about 50 minutes here. I think that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm flagging because I totally, totally lost my train of thought before and I still don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been that good then, right? No, no. no. Um, Jules, you got anything to add about tonight or uh, looking forward to uh, Saturday? I know you've sort of been struggling for motivation a little bit. Um, ahead of our games recently, does this sort of does tonight do anything to revive it? And are you looking forward to getting up to Anfield at the weekend and and getting behind the lads? No, <laughs> I knew yeah. that was going. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, but because it's a twelve thirty kickoff, I've yeah. I've got to get up dead early. I hate them. It throws the whole day out of whack. I don't, I, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't be asked. To be honest, okay. I, to be honest, the, the sea—I mean, it's my own—it's my own thing to deal with. But the season is just an absolute misery for for many reasons. Like, um, and I just want it to end. <laughs> I just want it to end now. I can't be asked with any of it. Um, and it feels like, to some extent, at some point, especially after the Brighton, that the club will almost like going, "Yeah, yeah, we know we shit, but we're not signing anybody. We've got signings lined up for the summer." So that's like. That Chicago Bears shit that is like, oh, don't worry, we're gonna do something in the off season. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get this. We're gonna do that. That doesn't work. It doesn't work in football. You can't take it. Just say, oh yeah, we're not doing anything. So just suffer it through the season. I don't want to suffer it through the season. That's harsh comparing us with the Bears. Like Everton are the Bears. I I I only picked the Bears just to wind you up. So. Yeah. Well, no, I I told you it's I divorced the Bears. I, I've got absolutely. <laughs> No association with them anymore. Um, no, to the Everton of the NFL, and I admire any Everton fan that's still sticking with Everton because all it brings you is misery. I just don't know why like they're still doing it, and they're bringing kids up as Evertonians. It's like that's a child abuse. <laughs> it, I mean, it's gone on for so the long. The Scottish now. Parliament have banned that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like it goes at the, this point, it's gone on for so long. You've got to be thinking. I'm not bringing my kid up as an Everton fan. Why would I do that? It, you know, I, I look at how I'm feeling. Do I really want my kid to have to go through that? Because it's not going to get any better. They've got to realise that now. After so long, it's getting worse. And like mm-hmm. that's the only thing keeping me going now this season is like, you know, if if you'd said to me at the start of the season, 
look, you're not going to be great this year. You're going to have like a really disappointing season, but Everton's going to get relegated. I'd have probably signed off on that oh. just for a one-off. Like, okay, oh, I'll, I'll no. take that. If that's how it plays out, and as someone had said on the forum, like I can't even enjoy, I can't even enjoy like how bad Everton are because we've gone shit. I'm like, no, I, I'm gonna enjoy it. I've waited my whole life for this, and I'm not gonna let like a bad run of form for us take away like the enjoyment that I'm getting from what's going on with Everton at the moment. And just long may you've continue. seen this. I've said this to you before. You've seen this many, many times before. Not the this. Lampard, they'll get Sean Dyche or someone like that. They'll keep them up. And it and they won't go down. You're just setting I, I yourself up for that massive fall again, Dave. I think and I feel it's for different. you. No, it's I think not. It's different. Why? Unless they like, can bribe enough. a goalkeeper again, like Hans Sagers, unless they can do something <laughs> dodgy like that. I think because I just think everybody else at the bottom, they've all got wins in them. There's there's no like really shit teams down there except them. Maybe Bournemouth. And, Bournemouth look like they're totally in free fall now. But all the others, they're all like they're all competitive. They're feisty. Like Southampton have got their act together. They're looking all, all right at the moment. Leeds, never an easy game playing against them. Wolves have picked up under the new manager. You know the teams down there. They're they're all like kind of on the up, or at least they've got reasons to think that they're on the up. And Everton have got nothing. They're absolutely just in deep shit. Yeah, right now they haven't, but when the inevitable happens and they get rid of the Joker in the manager's seat, well, that's they'll get the somebody thing. competent and then they'll and they'll pick up. That's what they do. If it's, if they did it now, if they got rid of Lampard in the next week or two and they got Sean Dyche in, I do think they'd stay up. But if they don't do that, and you just don't underestimate the lunacy of Mashiri. You know, there's just no telling what he'll do. He probably wouldn't appoint somebody like Sean Dyche. He'd do something mental, like put himself in charge or something like that, because the guy is is like certifiably fucking mental. You know, you speak to anyone who's involved at Everton, and like this guy's a fucking mm-hmm. lunatic. So, you know, I hope he just sticks with Lampard, because the only thing that's like better than Everton getting relegated is Everton getting relegated with Lampard as manager. That's just perfect, isn't it? No, I dislike him more than I've ever disliked Everton, so that would definitely be the icing on the cake if he took them <laughs> down. But you, you've just got to consider as well that like they took the lead at the weekend, right? And that win alone put them up to 14th while they were ahead. So like it, all it takes is like one or two wins, and everybody said like there's two points between 14th and 20th. I'm looking at the table right now. And so all it takes is like a couple of wins, and they're, and they're out of that. And if they get somebody competent who can set up a team and like, do the the full go the full Everton dogs of war style? Sean Dyche long ball, banging it up to Calvert Lewin, and they they've got a perfectly good chance of staying up. You're just setting yourself up for this big mm. fall, and I'm I'm going to be upset for you if it doesn't. But happen. all the other teams down there only need to win a couple of games to go up to 14th as well. So it's the same for them. And who's more likely to win games? Not Everton while Lampard's there. Now I'm all better off if they sack him and get someone decent. I, I accept that yeah. they probably will get out. But also, like, while all this shit's going on with, like, the hostility of, like, you know, the fans towards the board and all that, they're not getting behind the team the way they did at the end of last season, which That's was a, a big thing that kept them up. There was three things yeah. kept them up at the end of last season. It was, like, the Goodison crowd, Richarlison's goals, and Pickford just being incredible over, like, the last half a dozen games. Well, You're forgetting one of your other bugbears as well. well it's, like, yeah, Chelsea, the, Arsenal, and Chelsea, Man United. Yeah, yeah, them <laughs> enabling bastards, yeah. <laughs> but but from Everton's perspective, those were the three things. And then what have they got now? Well, Richarlison's gone. They replaced him with Neil fucking Morpé, uh, who can't even get on the pitch now. 
the Goodison crowd were like they're more like all they're interested in at the moment is like putting fucking directors in headlocks and shit. Um, although I don't even think that happened. I think that was bullshit. Like you know, just based on like the way it's being reported now and what like what fans are saying, it looks like that was something that's been either greatly exaggerated or just fucking made up. Like the you reckon st- they just ruffled their hair or something. Yeah, I think it's some something like that. I, I don't think some fans just gone and fucking grabbed it and put it in a headlock. I just don't see that happening. Even even whether well, it's Everton fans themselves talking about so you know anything's possible but now i'm not having that at all and then they're putting a statement out like a couple of hours before like a massive massive game they put that statement out then well why didn't they put that statement out a couple of days before or just say or nothing and, and don't just show not up go to the game yeah right, exactly it, it, stuff like that you're like what the fuck is going on there um so yeah long may that continue because like the angrier the fans are over stuff like that they're distracted from getting behind the team so mm-hmm. yeah. i know i am setting was... myself up for a fall but i just think that this year is different okay all right well i hope for your sake you're right because if we do have a shit season and then that doesn't happen you're just gonna have a real sad oh, summer yeah yeah and uh i can't wait chicago bear summer yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, I tried to end this podcast on a positive note because we've been copping some flack for being so negative lately. Amidst, so did I, and you fucking shit all over me, me like, joy about Everton going down. <laughs> yeah. You're the one that put a negative slant on it. I was quite happy to almost Everton getting relegated. <laughs> I'm just looking out for your best interests, man, that's all. Oh. You know, all right. Well, um, anything else either of you want to add before we sign off for tonight? Oh, let me just get my phone. I was just going to play the the porn noises again. <laughs> oh, shit, my battery's dead. No. No, there's nothing to add. My phone's dead, so I can't do it. Wow, wow, wow. You can always throw it in and post, I suppose, if you yeah. must. Uh, yeah. But the intro was enough. Once again, if you get if you get in trouble for that, then we deeply apologise. Um, thanks, Dave and Jules, uh, for your time tonight. That was good fun. Um, it's nice to be talking about a win again because we haven't had many opportunities to do that uh, lately. Great goal from Elliot. Good, resolute, solid, defensive team performance. Good attitude. Um, and yeah, a lot to be happy about there. But bigger challenges await. Chelsea at the weekend. But until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom. (laughs) (laughs) What was this? It was really good.